So it's no surprise that I'm going to teach on the Unforced Rhythms of Grace, Part 7. <laughs> you know why? Because God keeps telling me things about it, and it has changed my life. You know, I, when I took over this p position, I said, okay, Lord, if I'm going to do this, you're going to have to do something in me because this is not fun. And you're going to have to make it fun because um, I need help. And so little by little, uh, the Lord began to uh, open up this to me. And so we're going to read our foundation scripture, which is Matthew 11. Started in verse 28 from um, the Message Bible. So, I just don't ever get tired of reading this. Are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. And I just want to stop there and say how simple that is. It's a relationship. How simple it is. Just foster the relationship that we have with Almighty God. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Nothing that God wants you to do or does to you or with you is a heavy burden. And that's good news. Um, I just feel impressed right now, before I actually start teaching, to share with you, uh, it's been, what, two, three weeks ago that I was ordained over at Raymond. Some of you saw the video of that, and uh, it was such a touching experience for me. Uh, first of all, because uh, that was where Pastor went to school, and we had some good experiences there and learned a lot. And since then, you know, that, that ministry has mentored us a lot. But for them to offer to ordain me was a was really uh, touching for me. So there was 38 people that were getting ordained, uh, going through the ordination ceremony that night. And uh, it was so touching. And you know how I am right now. Sometimes tears are just like right below the surface. And so uh, it seemed like it was that way the whole time I was over there. Didn't take hardly anything. And I was boohooing and so I was sort of touched that night, sort of. Uh, you could probably hear me on the video. But uh, when Kenneth Hagin Jr. came to me, he gave me a word from the Lord. And um, I had not heard him give anybody else a word. So uh, to my knowledge, I'm the only one that got a word from the Lord. But I probably needed it as much as anybody but it was very, very simple. And he just said, the Lord said to me, follow me and I will show you what to do. And it will be great and it will be fine. And that's all he said. 
But those words went down on the inside of me and produced a grace on the inside of me that I had not had before. For God to tell me exactly what to do. That was what was important. And it was so simple. Simple as that verse that we just read. Come to me, Jesus said, and I will lift all of your burdens. God said to me, follow me and I will show you what to do. That means that I don't follow people. I will listen to people, but he said, follow me. And that's what we here at Victory Center are endeavoring to do, is to follow the Lord. And he's going to show us what to do. And we have a big project out there. Lots of decisions. But we don't have to have anxiety or worry because we have the unforced rhythms of grace working in our life. So we've talked about grace a lot. The Amplified uh, Bible renders grace many times unmerited favor. But a deeper meaning of grace is God's power working in you, enabling you to do what you can't do on your own. And so, uh, are both of them right? Yes. This is an expanded uh, definition of grace. The unmerited favor of God is his attitude towards us. He has an attitude towards us of favor, and it's not earned. He favors you. You need to say that to yourself. God fa I'm God's favorite. He favors you, and because he favors you, he will release the power enabling you to do what you can't do on your own. What a position to be in. For us to be able to use and tap into God's power here on this earth. Sometimes we are kind of like someone that uh, maybe has a million dollars in the bank. And we don't know how to write a check. We have all of the power of God at our disposal, and sometimes we don't know what it takes to release it into our lives. And so we go through life just barely getting along, crawling around like a mere worm in the ground. Now, I debated on, on doing what I'm getting ready to do here because uh, several years ago I had, uh, I think it was maybe four years ago, I had taught a children's camp, of all things, over at Laverne, Oklahoma, for a, a week. And what a challenge that was. That was a forced rhythm of grace, I have to tell you. <laughs> I kept saying, I don't teach kids. I don't teach kids. But it was a great experience. But the, the theme was metamorphosis, a big word for those little kids. So we had to explain it a lot. So while I was there, God gave me a poem. And I debated, I thought, well, this is, this is kind of simple and it's on a very childish level. But uh, I figure when I'm talking to adults, if I talk on a childish level, you're going to understand it. 
Okay. So uh, this is what I wrote, and it reminds me sometimes of a lot of Christians. A lowly caterpillar crawled along, creeping on the ground, hairy and contemptible, an uglier creature could not be found. He thought, I'm no good to anyone. All I can do is eat, one leaf after another. How I'd like to have something sweet. That's probably all of our desires. Oh, to be another color than just plain old black, he wished, and not to be have to fear a bird or that he might be squished. He gazed up to the heavens while a tear dropped from his eye, how he longed to have some wings so he could soar up in the sky. Day after day he ate, longing to be free, but dreary days of boredom was all that he could see. I have nothing to look forward to. I might as well be dead. Life has no meaning that I can see. I think I'll quit, he said. So he crawled onto a leaf and hung there and gave a mournful sigh. I'm tired of eating my life away. I'll just hang here till I die. Around his wormy body, a cocoon slowly began to form. And just when he thought life was over, he started to transform. For the God of all creation stretched forth his mighty hand, and in the darkness of that place, he fashioned something grand. And when his work was finished, God said, Now you're free to fly. The cocoon split open, and what appeared had become God's butterfly. So I, uh, I was thinking of that poem whenever I was preparing for this message, and I had this feeling that the thrust of this message was to challenge you to know what is available to you and not be just that lowly caterpillar crawling along, struggling through life. Now, I don't know how many of you are experiencing that right now in this place or online people that are listening, but that's not God's best for us. God's got something better. Now, when Jesus was walking on this earth and the disciples were surrounding him and, and Jesus was displaying this great uh, power of God on this earth, the disciples were awed. And they, uh, you know, sometimes they think they got so used to it that they, they quit uh, esteeming it the way they needed to. But then Jesus, towards the end, he, get, he said something very interesting to them. He said, uh, I'm going to look at John 16, and I'm going to do a little review this morning. Some of this will be reviewed from last time. But uh, we need reminded. John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the helper will not come to you into close fellowship with you. They didn't even know this, that this in, existed. That there was such a person that was a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, a strengthener, a standby, 
And I taught on that the last time I taught these different aspects of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was telling him there's something coming that is not just going to walk beside you. In fact, in, in John 14, 17, he says the Holy Spirit is with you, but there's going to come a time he's going to be in you. So uh, the power of the Holy Spirit was all around them. But Jesus was telling them that there's going to be a time that I will send this Holy Spirit, which he's describing, to be in close fellowship with you. So close to you that he's going to be in you. And when he, uh, I'm just going to stop there. And Jesus then, uh, last time I taught, I, I, I shared with you in Acts 1. And let's just go there real quick. Acts, the first chapter. This is just before Jesus is, is moving on to heaven. And verse 4 says, um, And while being in their company and eating at the table with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, You have heard, of, uh, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now you shall be baptized, placed in, introduced into the Holy Spirit. And then verse 8 says, You will receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you are going to be witnesses. The presence of the Holy Spirit transforms now, Debbie, would you mind giving that real short testimony? Uh, this is a good place for you to do it. Okay, stand there. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Margaret was teaching on this. And, you know, I sit there and listen like y'all do, but I didn't really even... There wasn't anything that really just stood out at me that day like, like it does sometimes when you're hearing the word. But um, I was going through a, a, a period of depression. And, um, you know, my family could probably tell you that. But, you know, I just could not get on top of it. And, and when I look back on it and the Holy Spirit showed me, I was going through some grief, too. And I uh, came to that service that morning and got up and... I listened to her, went home that night and prepared to go somewhere the next morning, got up and left and everything. So I was kind of in a hurry, you know, doing all this stuff. As I got on the road and kind of settled down, I realized that that heaviness was gone. It was gone, and it was because uh, of the anointing that destroys the yoke. Even though I didn't have a specific word, being here, sitting under this word, under the anointing, freed me it gave me that freedom and it's not come back this is the, the that it's not come back and i just encourage everyone come as often as you can to every service you can because you don't know what you're going to get you don't know what the lord has in stock to help you try to be here be under this anointing it'll set you free amen amen thank you debbie the Bible tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
And the one thing that I feel like that God is wanting us to do in this season of, of our church life is to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and make room for him in this place. Jesus said, don't try to do anything. I mean, even though he had just commissioned the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel and, and uh, baptize them and, and give them all these instructions. And I'm sure there were, uh, perhaps they were raring to go. I don't know. But then he said, don't go anywhere. Don't do any of this. You wait at Jerusalem until you get endued with power on high that comes from on high. This is an interesting statement. And I don't think a lot of Christians take it seriously. You know, we sometimes take the Great Commission seriously. Yeah, we need to go be witnesses. But this part is the most important part because we know that it's the transforming power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to be profitable and effective in what we do because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it enables us to do what we can't do on our own. We have a, like a can of spinach for Popeye. I mean, we, it's available. I don't, you know, I don't remember much about the Popeye cartoons, but I think I remember enough that he was bullied by a man called Brutus. Is that correct for all of you? Okay. He was bullied, and uh, all he had to do was grab his can of spinach and put it in him, and he became another man. And I can remember pictures of maybe him picking him up and swinging him around and throwing him just effortlessly. What made the difference? Something that he put on the inside of him. That's what made the difference. And I, there, I call that the Popeye syndrome. And it is actually in scriptures, in the scripture. Let me look at, uh, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Paul was kind of complaining because he was going through some tough times in uh, 2 Corinthians 12. And he, three times he asked the Lord, he said, uh, take this away from me. And basically what it was, was there was somebody, there was a person that was persecuting him everywhere he went. He'd follow him around and he'd try to stir up trouble. And you know, that would get a little bit old. Just a teensy bit of trouble for me gets old. But for him, everywhere he went. And finally he said, I've just had it, Lord. Get rid of this guy. Call fire down from heaven. Whatever you'd like to do. Turn him into a crispy critter. I don't know, but get rid of him. And he probably was not prepared for what God said to him. He said to me, my grace, my favor, loving kindness, and mercy are enough for you. And we could add his power working in us, enable us to do what we can't do on our own. It's enough for us. 
for you. That is, it's sufficient against any danger to enable you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength, now this is God speaking, my strength and my power are made perfect, fulfilled, and complete and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmity that the strength and the power of Christ the Messiah may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Turning him into a superhuman. You know, you've all seen the Superman, probably. I think you young people probably know who Superman is. I know you know who Spider-Man is, but um, I don't know if they've had any recent Superman movies. But back in my days... Uh, I watched Superman. This is when TV was about this big, and it was black and white. <laughs> and I had to go to my neighbors to watch it. But, uh, you know, super, being a superhuman that God wants us to be does not necessarily uh, give us the ability to fly faster than a speeding bullet, to leap tall buildings in a single bound, but I will tell you what it will do. Mark 16, 17 says that it will give you the ability to cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. Verse 18. Uh, you will be able to handle snakes um, safely. This is what the new living trend. Okay, that's fine. If you drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt you. You will be able to place your hands on the sick and they will be healed. Those are some things, supernatural things that we can do. And you know, if Marilyn felt like it, which she probably doesn't today, but you'll hear her testimony sometime. But, you know, she, she, she had some challenges last Sunday. Wound up in the ER. Some serious, serious symptoms in her body. And yet, at one point, when we laid hands on her in the ER, she felt the power of God go down into all through her body. And she, she snapped back to normal. That's supernatural. That's supernatural. We have that available to us. With this marvelous, marvelous Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And we need to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. We talked about the grace that we need to learn about is what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Because He is the Spirit of grace. He is the one that infuses the believer with the power of God. And so that's why Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go away, but don't despair because there's coming one. And oh, you need this one. You need this one because he's going to be your helper. 
He's going he's gonna to help you. He's going to intercede, help you to intercede. He's going to stand by you. He's, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to empower you. And at any given time, who knows what supernatural things can work through you. And I'm not going to have time this morning to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, but oh my goodness, this marvelous Holy Spirit has gifts to give to work through you. Just like uh, what Amanda did this morning. That was a gift of the Holy Spirit. She heard those words and she shared it. It was like prophecy. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the life of every believer. Not just someone that stands behind the pulpit. Every believer. And... Um, so we talked about uh, the names of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I just want to, for just a few minutes, I want to just seed you with some of the functions of the Holy Spirit that he will do for you when you uh, accept him in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one that introduced him. And so in John 14, 26... He gives us one of the, and we've already uh, read the names of, of the Holy Spirit in verse 26, but let's just go to, um, I'll just read the whole thing. But the comforter, we all need the comforter at times. And I believe that's what Debbie experienced, that comforter. I've experienced it many times over these last seven months. That comforter. That would give you that exact thing you need when you need it. When you're grieving, he can give it to you and lift you up and uh, turn your emotions away from what would be de destructive to you and give you joy. Give you, he will turn your mourning into dancing. He will cast off your sackcloth and gird you with gladness. That's the comforter. Counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and, set on my, and act on my behalf. He will teach you. So you can put this down. He will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. Those are two wonderful functions of the Holy Spirit. First of all, he will teach you all things. How many of you know, know it all? I'm so glad nobody raised their hand. <laughs> I don't know it all. About four years ago, on January the 1st, I started developing a cough. It was a violent cough. It turned into the most violent cough I've ever had. In fact, I just had hernia uh, surgery because of that cough, those coughs, because it caused hernias in my body. And um, it was so violent, and it lasted, and it lasted. And I had people pray for me. I would sense the anointing when they would pray, and yet the cough continued. The cough continued, and it, there was, it was four months. Now, it had lessened a little bit, but it was it was it seemed like it was just going to last forever. 
And so I'd done everything I knew to do. I don't know how many people had prayed for me. Finally, I was on my way to Sealing one uh, afternoon, and I had a coughing spell. And I said, all right, all right, God, you and me are going to have a talk. I need to know, what am I doing wrong? Is there something I need to be doing? How am I going to get healed? And I heard as clear as if another person was sitting in that car. And I heard this, symptoms are not the evidence of whether you're healed or not. Faith is the evidence. And when I heard that, I knew immediately what the Spirit of God was saying to me. Listen, Margaret, this is what you've been doing. People pray for you. And you feel the anointing. And then you check out your body to see if you are healed. And you've decided you weren't healed because you still had a symptom. And I remembered what uh, Hebrews 11 says, faith is, uh, uh, is the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so I, that moment there was a shift on the inside of me. And from that day forth, from that moment forth, if a cough would come up, I'd just say, hallelujah, symptoms is not evidence of whether I'm healed or not. Faith is the evidence. And I am healed according to the word of God. It took me about two days. And that cough left forever. That particular cough. What had happened? The Holy Spirit began to teach me. He taught me what I needed to know in the moment. And sometimes we just jump in and we, we do things, what we say is by faith, without listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you about that. I think it's very important that we get the word of the Lord from the spoken Holy Spirit when he speaks because faith, Romans 10, 17, says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come from having heard. And so the Holy Spirit is here with you and in you to teach you what you need to know. And then bring all things to your remembrance. That means what Jesus has said. That means there's times that you're faced with a situation and you don't know what to do. And if you have put on the inside of you the word of God, then the Holy Spirit can cause it to just float up. And you will know exactly what you need to do. I have an, another story. This is, this is my knot story. I had a knot on my eye that uh, it was in the inside in the, in the corner of my eye and it was starting to irritate my eye. This was very early on when we lived on 123 Paul Avenue when we just barely had started Victory Center. And uh, I looked, I was standing there at the mirror and thinking, man, this thing is getting bigger. It's irritating me. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, I heard... Whosoever shall say unto that mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, 
and not doubt in his heart, but believe the things that he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And when I heard that, I thought, yeah, that's just a little mountain. I could speak to that mountain. So I spoke to that mountain in the mirror. I said, mountain, and I commanded it to go. And then I heard this. Where any two agree as to touching anything they ask, it will be done for us by our Father, which is in heaven. So that evening, I told Charlie what, what I'd ha I'd done. He agreed with me. Two days later, well, let me just, that next morning, it was still there. But I looked at that, and I thought, I've spoken to it. And I just said, not, you're gone. In Jesus' name, you are gone. And every time I'd look in the mirror, I'd say, you're gone. And I wasn't saying it to try to get it to go. I said it because I knew it was gone. I could still see it, but it was irrelevant. Because I already knew that I knew that it was gone. Two days later, I answered the doorbell, the door, and then uh, whenever the person left, I walked by the mirror, and I looked, and there was something shiny on my uh, cheek. And when I looked in the mirror, that knot was laying on my cheek. And I grabbed it, I put it in a little, on a, on a black velvet thing, covered it with saran wrap, and carried it around with me for a long time. And I said, you want to see what a mountain looks like? It finally crumbled and went away. But I said that to say this. The Holy Spirit can bring things to your remembrance. Have you ever walked into a room and forgot what you came for? Or got to your grocery list and thought, what was that I was going to write down? Have you ever asked, Holy Spirit, you know what I was going to do. You knew what I was going to write down. Bring it back to my remembrance. Has he brought it back to your remembrance? Every time. I'm amazed. It's a function of the Holy Spirit. In John uh, 16, verses um, 13 and 14. Jesus speaking, And when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is a guide. He will guide you into truth. He will... Uh, he will guide uh, the whole, the full truth, for he will not speak of his own message or on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father, and he will give, that, give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. So two more functions of the Holy Spirit is that he will guide you into the truth. God has a certain plan for you. That's his truth for you. He will guide you into truth. Let me just uh, quickly, can you just flash up Acts 16, 6 and 7 real quick? Uh, listen to this. And Paul and Silas passed through the territory of Pergamum and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the word in the province of Asia. Stop there. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. They were going to go, and the Holy Spirit said, don't go, don't go, verse 7. And when they had come to come opposite Messiah, how do you pronounce that? They tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. 
The Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll guide you what to do in what kind of circumstances. When we first moved to Gaiman, I went and had a, a checkup from the doctor, and he told me that I had a tumor the size of a, a fist in my, uh, in my abdomen. And uh, he said, you're going to have to have that operated on. And I went home, and I told Charlie, and he said, we don't have insurance. So I guess you're just going to have to believe God. Okay, that's true. So I went to God and I said, all right, Lord, I guess it's just you and me. So how am I going to get healed this time? And the Holy Spirit said to me, the believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I said, okay, then I'm going to choose my believer. I'm going to choose I'm going to choose either Brother Hagen or Ken Copeland to lay hands on me. And when they lay hands on me, it will be just a business deal between you and me, God, and I will be healed. I don't have to fall out. I don't have to feel anything. It's just going to be a business deal between us. Well, that, not too long after that, we went back to Raymond for a homecoming. The speaker was Ken Copeland. And um, he pre preached a message on, I still remember it was on love. And at the end, he says, now I'm going to do something that I don't do very often. He says, I'm just, the Bible says, if the believers lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I am a believer, I have hands. So if you need healing tonight, you come up here I'm a believer, I have hands, I'm going to lay it on you, and it's just going to be a business deal between you and God. You don't have to fall out, you don't have to feel anything, it will be just a business deal, and you will be healed. I was, I mean, I jumped up from my seat, I ran up there, his hand wasn't on me over two seconds, but the minute his hands laid on me, I said, I am healed. I knew I was healed. A while later, I went back to another doctor to have uh, be examined. And he said, well, you look great to me. I said, do you see any, like, tumors there? And he said, no, there's no tumors there. But I already knew that I was healed because the Spirit had guided me into what the truth was for that situation. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I was healed. The Holy Spirit is capable of guiding you in anything you need. And last of all, he will show you things to come. I mean, that's not the last. There's all, I mean, we could cover the subject of the Holy Spirit from now till the first of the year and not exhaust it because he does so many things. I'm just picking out some things that Jesus said. But he said, he will show you things to come. You know, when, when uh, it was getting, I think it was probably around Thanksgiving or a little bit before of last year, when Pastor Charlie started saying, um, I'm going to hike the Grand Canyon on my 80th birthday, which was going to be in March. And <clears throat> the first time he said that, inside of me, I said, I thought, 
he's not going to do it. I knew that he, I knew that I knew that he would never hike the Grand Canyon. I didn't know how, why he was training to do it. I just knew he wasn't going to do it. And, and uh, as you know, that he was in heaven on his 80th birthday. He probably got to hike a lot better things than the Grand Canyon. So eat your heart out, Mick Simpson, wherever you're at. But that's an example of how the Holy Spirit can show you ahead of time some things. I could probably give you hundreds of examples in our lives. So these are just a few things that um, there's so much more. Uh, I'm just going to quote these. John 15, 26, it testifies regarding Jesus and takes what Jesus has and transmits it to you. So what does Jesus have? I'm gonna, uh, there's a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to end with these. In John uh, 1, John 1, verse 14, says, and the word, or Christ, became flesh, human, incarnate, and tabernacled, and fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father. Listen to this. Full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. So Jesus has, is, was full of grace. When he was walking on this earth, he had the fullness of grace on his life. All of the power of God was available to work in his life. All of it. You say, yeah, but that was Jesus. Listen to verse 16. For out of his fullness... Out of his abundance, what? We all received. All had a share, and we were all supplied with, listen, one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and every favor upon favor, and grace heaped upon grace. How cool is that? Jesus had everything that the Father had. And now he's given it to us. All we have to do is receive it. All the disciples had to do was to wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit was given. And when the Holy Spirit was given, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to be witnesses. And miracles began to... They were receiving from Jesus. What Jesus had... He sent to us. And Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he said, what you're seeing right here is available to everyone. To everyone all through the centuries, as many as the Lord will call. As many that listens to what we have to say. Everyone. Over and over and over and over. Until we have all of these things. Millions of Jesuses walking around on this earth. Amen. And I want to finish with Ephesians 2. Excuse me, Ephesians 3. 
verse 20. Now I want you to internalize this. Believe it and receive it. Now to him who in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. That power that's in us is able to carry out God's purpose and to do super abundantly far above, over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Woo! Talk about Superman. Talk about Popeye. That's us. But it's according to the power that is at work within us. So I want to encourage all of you to take advantage of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) The Holy Spirit is waiting for your faith. It's waiting for you to believe something. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can do that in you? If you don't, he won't. But we're believers. Stand with me. We're believers in this place. We believe what the Word says. You cannot see the Holy Spirit, says God, but I want you to know that He sees you. You cannot know for a certainty what's going to happen unless you talk to the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. But he will be so glad to tell you what you need to know. For I have available to each one of you the answer to your questions. And I also have dreams and visions that you've only just started to think about. But these are my dreams and these are my visions. And I need you, saith the Lord. I need you. I need you in this day and hour because this is a day of my power. And if I get the job done, it will depend on you. For you are my hands, and you are my feet, and you are my mouth in this earth. You listen to me, and you will not be defeated. Amen. 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 So for you that, um, I know most of you have heard tongues and interpretation before. Um, That was... God speaking to his church through tongues and interpretation. And some of you may wonder why there are people running around the church. Well, I'll tell you why. Because if the Dallas Cowboys was winning the Super Bowl, I would be pretty excited. I would be doing things that uh, 
I would, I mean, you would probably say, I thought she was dignified. <laughs> but I would get excited. And my daughter-in-law was at our house uh, a while back. And she is a fan of the hockey team in Denver. I can't remember the name of it. But that, what? Avalanche, yes. She's a big fan and all their family were our big fans. And so uh, she, they got to my house just as the, the final minutes of the Stanley Cup where they were playing for the final game to see if they were going to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, at the very last second, when the Stanley, when the, when the buzzer rang and the avalanches had won, I mean, I needed earplugs. She was screaming, she was hollering, she was running around the living room. Oh, they won, they won, they won, they won, they won. Hallelujah, they won, hallelujah. And I thought she was dignified, but then I saw she wasn't. <laughs> but if you ever see something like people running around the church here at Victory Center, it's because they might have used to be dignified, but they're excited about what God's doing. Because we're winners. We're winners. And uh, sometimes we that are filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes we get really excited. So just bear with us. If there's something that you see that you don't understand, just say, okay, well, I might not understand because I'm not, you know, if you see me jumping around with the Dallas Cowboys, you may be a, a Bronco fan or a Kansas City Chief fan. And you're not jumping around. Just, you know, give me some grace. So I just shared that because this is, this is what, we don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do, but we don't want to put a damper on the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you one thing. Whenever anything happens that is really, truly by the Holy Spirit, it changes lives. It changes lives. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.